it is Saturday night. It is another edition of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm Elio. He's Ben. Ben, what episode is this? It feels like forever since we recorded. Uh, um, let me check because I'm actually not sure, but I can look that up very quickly. So I'm opening Spotify, and okay. obviously, obviously, I have our show right at the top, so I I can tell you very quickly. Um, so this is episode 223, and the last time we we recorded was October 25th, because the date on this is October 26th. Um, (laughs) now, I I have to partially apologize to, to the fans for that, because I was, um, I was drastically under, under the weather. Um, we were uh, we were scheduled to do uh, one more, but I I had to uh, call out of that one and cancel yes. that because I was I was not in good shape. So I yeah, apologize and, uh, for that. And we, and we were supposed to do Halloween Havoc '89, which we said we were going to cancel, but it's kind of good that we didn't because Halloween's over. Yes, it's time to get into the Survivor Series. Yes, and speaking of uh, Survivor Series. Uh, just r- really quickly, um, I'm not going to get into any specifics, but overall, um, I got to tell you, that was one of the uh, most interesting Survivor Series uh, <laughs> I may have ever seen, and I'm not sure I mean interesting in a very positive way. Um, but before um, before we get into any of the uh, any of the week in wrestling and what such. I have to, or we have to say thank you to the fans because our analytics for um, October just dropped, and by a landslide, this is our biggest month of all time. Wow! So prior to uh, prior to the November analytics dropping, our measurements for. Um, were the anchor side of things, which means the amount of people that use anchor specifically to visit to to access our podcast was thirty three percent, which means that four thousand three hundred eighty five people was thirty three percent of the total viewership of our podcast as of last month. And and this month, that number dropped all the way down to 7%. So that is a massive, massive uh, uh, increase, and we thank you for that very much. This was the biggest month in the history of the podcast. Wow. So thank you very much. Yeah. Yes, thank you. And they know people were, see, when I first started this four years ago, I didn't know, like, who was going to tune in. Are people even going to listen? And then here we are. What? Well, actually, you know, um, Ash, who's going to be helping us out with our analytics, um, you know, behind the scenes as well, um, even even he was like, you know, you guys are very very good at what you do. I've been I've been listening to the show, and you guys are um very good, you know. So not to toot our own horn, but being the background where he comes from, for him to say that 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 um tells you something right there. And clearly, um, if we have 
uh, 17,000 viewers just from the nine platforms measured by Anchor, which doesn't even cover even half of the platforms that we're on. Literally, that means something. So thank you once again. That is so cool. So I always say we get into uh, this week in wrestling. Absolutely. Starting with the Monday Night Raw. And let me pull up my notes here for Raw. So on the high point side, I have Bianca Belair and Nikki Cross and Seth Rollins and Austin Theory. So I have specifically... uh, uh, Nikki Cross's entrance uh, into that match because oh. that oh, verified, <laughs> right? No, 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 because that verified. Because remember, on uh, last week's wrestling POV, we one of our questions of the week was: Is um, Nikki Cross going to go fully back to the sanity gimmick? And we and we pretty much all said, well, no, she's not going to go all the way back because of the. Of you know of the PG error, error on the main roster, right? Um, and and uh, we, we were proven wrong, and I'm so glad we were proven wrong. She she did go full um, psycho, so <laughs> right. that was uh, that was awesome. And um, for that alone, I have to give that a high point. Um, I mean, uh, I also agree with Rollins on theory. I would also add the the Reigns and Heyman promo. Okay. Um, and I know we've seen them do that a thousand times. They can do that in their sleep. But the segment that I'm uh, specifically referring to was when um, Reigns and Heyman were walking back up the ramp. Right. And, and Heyman looked, or Reigns looked directly into the camera and was like, nobody can touch me. I run this, you know. I am this show. This is my camera. You know, like yeah. I'm just just talking mad shit. Like you know, he's he's on top of his game right now, and that was just awesome. Well, did they have a segment? Because I feel like I missed a segment with the Sammy saying that the Uso was backstage. Um, where Sammy was talking about taking the Usos to Waffle House. <laughs> No, that was uh, that was an exclusive on the internet. But, oh, uh, okay. So they didn't show it on Raw. Okay, I thought I, I missed I something. I I don't think so. I I I thought that was an exclusive on the internet. Okay, no, I just I thought I missed something there. Okay. And then um, low points were um, Judgment Day versus OC, mm-hmm. uh, the Trick or Street fight. Oh, was, I didn't like that. You know what? I'm tired of these uh, holiday-themed matches that they do, like Trick or Street Fight, the Miracle on 34th Street Fight. Yeah, that was very, that's very Vince McMahon-esque, and we don't need that. Yeah. But apparently, I was reading, um, I was reading some uh, news in preparation for the show today, oh, okay. and... Um, they had even more Halloween segments planned, such as like yeah, a Halloween, such as like a Halloween party uh, segment spread throughout the show, and they canceled that. So, you know, that's an improvement. But I, I still would have um, preferred uh, this to be cut. Now, as Mister 
$50 menu, Clay Cummings pointed out last night, um, you know, Otis and uh, Otis and Chad Gable did come out dressed as um, the Chippendales, a.k.a. Patrick Swayze and uh, Chris Farley from Saturday Night Live. So I did appreciate that, but that was about as far as my uh, Halloween merriment would carry me. I think I know why I don't, I haven't seen many Chris Farley uh, skits on SNL. Because that was, that was in 93, right? Either 93 or 94, yeah. And see, I was I was like busy like uh, with school. I just uh, started college and my head was like somewhere else uh, at that time. So I wasn't even paying attention to half of uh, what was on TV. Well, that's un- that's understandable. So I'm like, because um, every time I hear someone bring up Chris Farley, I'm like, I, I never seen any of Chris Farley's stuff, and now I know why. Because I would spend most of my time like thinking about school and trying to get through school. Okay, and uh, have you seen any of his movies? I saw Tommy Boy. Okay. Um, okay, well, thank you, God, for that. That's... <laughs> Okay. I would I, 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 I would have I been deeply, deeply concerned. Um, actually, I made a poster for Tommy Boy, actually. And I'll send that one to you all so you can see that one. Yeah, so I would appreciate that. I would have had a heart attack had you not seen Tommy Boy. I, I would have I made that a prerequisite for you to appear on next week's show. <laughs> I, I have my standards, ladies and gentlemen. I'm bad for my own show if I don't watch Tommy Boy. <laughs> well, it's, it's just blasphemy. I, just, I, I won't tolerate it. Um, you won't tolerate I, my insolence. Yeah, no, not at all. I, I, did, I did have one more low point on Raw, and that was the Corbin and JBL promo. What the fuck are they doing? You know what? I just don't get this pairing. I don't understand it. What uh, are they no, doing? No, it's it's not working. And uh, I re- I really hate when um when uh, JBL refers to Corbin as this generation of Bruno San Martino and compares him to those guys. No, what? Oh Jesus Christ! No, no, no. no the, when I when I. When I heard him say that the other week, I was like, what? And I, I literally rewound it to make sure I heard it correctly. Yep, like, see, that's like, why, because like the week before, I told you that and uh, you didn't uh, hear it at that time. But yeah, there you go. He That's what he said. You know, good Lord. Um, okay, well, that's all I, all I had for Raw. All right. So that's it. That's it for us. So move on to, I guess. No, we 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 can skip NXT. Or do you want to do NXT? Well, I watched it, so we might. All as well right, do let's it. let's go on to NXT. You know what? I gave a high point to Ava uh, Rain's promo and uh, the schism promo. The rest of the show, um, and also Braun Breaker and Wesley. That's about it. The rest of it for me. Like, that's my high points. My low points is Canada James, Thea Hale, and the uh, Toxic Attraction Celebration and Cora Jade. And Zoe Stark and Indy Hartwell. Yes. You know, uh, actually, when they had that backstage altercation from the earlier to the segment, 
I was like, oh, look at Indy Hartwell trying to act tough. Yeah, yeah, it, it's just—it's <laughs> not fitting, you know. And and the, the thing with um, with uh, Zoe Stark con- confuses me, like the fact that she's all of a sudden like turning evil and trying to do dastardly things. Oh my god! Uh, I just hold on. Sorry to cut you off, but I just had a thought. Yeah. Could we see a heel turn next week if since they're gonna be facing uh Casey Kenzaro and Caden Carter? Well, I mean that's always on the table. Not that I'll be watching NXT on a weekly basis. I'm I'm only gonna be watching uh NXT when I know I'm going to be featured on wrestling POV. Oh, okay. I'm Sam, so just uh, based off what you saw this week, could we be seeing a heel turn from Zoe Stark? Um, yeah, I think, um, I think when you do something like that, I think it's safe to assume. All right. So other than like, um, like I said, and this was bothering me from the beginning of the show. And I noticed it more in the Canada James Dia Hill match. There was this popping sound, like the sound that bubble wrap makes when you're breaking it. I and I was like, what is that popping sound? I thought it was the audio. Right. And every time it was happening, every time they someone uh, performed a move in the ring, I heard the pop. I'm like, is, is that coming from the bat? Um. Well, I I think I I think it was because that that was so distracting like in it it was during every match but I I noticed it more in the Canon James match yeah well I don't know uh, those are my high points all points uh, what do you have I I gave it to you already yeah alright so no I mean you it's okay you don't have any more alright so we're done with that now we're gonna move on to Dynamite this show this show, this show was a fucking embarrassment. Oh my god! Okay, I think um, I think that this was the worst show, um, at least the worst dynamite in uh, AEW history. Now, Did, you know AEW, this company. Every week I go in hoping that I'm gonna see something, some some sort of a high point from this company, but. And every week they put on crap. Not, but some other weeks have been a little better. But last this week was just garbage. Well, I would um, on most occasions uh, prior to the last couple months, um, you know, with the media scrum and some of the controversy. Um, prior to that, I would I would disagree with you. Um, because like for, I would say three and a half or like two and a half years of, uh, AEW's existence, I have absolutely loved it. Um, but some, somehow, um, you know, shit has gone sideways with AEW, um, lately. And no, I, think- I said, I said uh, prior to this, like I would uh, be looking for- like I always look for something good on AEW, and I used to, I used to love like their shows. I look forward to them every week. But this lately, yeah. yeah. Um. So I only had one high point, and that was Lu- the triple threat match between Luchasaurus, 
Orange Cassidy and Ray Phoenix. Now, Ar- Orange Cassidy, when he first debuted, I think I thought the gimmick was stupid. I still think the gimmick was stupid, but he's converted me with his wrestling. I'm, I'm convinced that he can he he can actually wrestle now. But um, there's one thing I hate about him: the the way he he carries his his title in a knapsack. There yeah. Um, and and the only I think the only um, title carry carrying style that has bothered me more. Um, pardon me. Was um was M was Eminem when they would swing them from their uh, belts as as if they were uh, you know oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Get, you know yeah so I think that was the only one that um was worse that I can recall um I'm not saying that um, Orange Cassie doesn't deserve to be All Atlantic Champion um I just think that. Carrying a belt in a knapsack uh, is disrespectful to the championship itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the low points were Cole Carter joining the firm. Okay, because because um, prior to uh, prior to um, this. Okay, someone came in and, and, and knocked out Darby Allen, and the commentary team was like, oh, my God, it's it Sting. And I'm like, no. I, I heard that. No, it was so fucking obvious that it wasn't, right? Right. And, and That's then, Sting's jacket. <laughs> and, what? And, you know, I um, I wanted to laugh, but I couldn't because – I legitimately felt bad for the kid. Uh, now, for those of you that don't recognize the name Cole Carter um, on AEW, I don't blame you, but you will rec- recognize his name on NXT if you watch if you ever watch NXT 2.0. If you didn't watch that either, I don't blame you. But uh, he, he he was. Um, he was um, part of the the family with Tony D'Angelo and uh, uh, Stax. Um, he was uh, Troy two two dimes Donovan that uh, yep. Tony Tony claimed that he was sleeping with the fishes. Well, after the absolutely dead reaction that he received from the crowd, and by dead I mean absolutely none. You could have heard a pin drop in that son of a bitch. Uh, you know, I bet you he was he wishes he was still sleeping with the fucking fishes. Um because so, but, 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 let me ask you this. So you're feuding with Brock Strowman, now you're feuding with NXT 2.0. <laughs> well well now that it's dead, I'm gonna you know, what you know, put oh, that, that that feud's over. Keep it dead. All now, right. now speaking of Braun Strowman. I did see one aspect of uh, Crown Jewel Online in terms of a result, right? So, so remember how how before this match took place, um, Braun Strowman was saying online how how his match with with Omos was going to be his generation his generation's answer to. 
Hogan versus Andre. Yep. It ended with one power slam. Wow. Braun, Braun, Braun Strowman delivered one power slam to Omos, and it was over. Now, now hold on, folks, because it might sound by the way I said that that I have a problem with that. I don't. I wanted that match to end as soon as possible. I didn't even want that match booked. I, I just, you know, I wanted it to get the fuck out of Saudi as soon as possible. Um, but the fact that he compared his match to Hogan versus Andre, and then that's what they <laughs> delivered. I mean, right? this, this this guy is a freaking mark for himself. Yeah. To to the degree, to a staggering degree. Um. So anyway. Um, but, but re- returning to, uh, AEW for a minute, the next low point, cause there were a lot of them. Oh yeah. Uh, Jerry, Jericho versus Cabana. Yep. Now, now the stipulation for this, which was announced last week was Jericho was going to put the, um, the ROH championship online against any former ROH champion. Um, notice he didn't say ROH world champion, so the door was open for Colt Cabana. Now, we all know what happened recently with CM Punk, and we've all heard what um, Chris Jericho allegedly told um, CM Punk in the back, you know, cancer to this locker room, blah, blah, blah. Yep. So so you can't tell me that that wasn't Chris Jericho's way of throwing shade at, um, CM, at Punk. CM Punk. Now, it, it's interesting because, you know, I, I saw another piece of news, and I'll get this done at, before the clock runs out. Don't worry about that. I see it. Yep. Um, um, because there was one piece of news that I found very interesting. Um when I was when I was doing research prior to the show, with all the, with all the rumors surrounding a contract buyout, um, today um, CM Punk themed ornaments were released for the 2022 AEW Christmas collection. What? Now who, I don't. Who's now, gonna uh, put? Hold on. Who's gonna put CM Punk ornaments on their Christmas tree? So really, Mark. <laughs> the same. The same. Mark. The same. The same marks that apparently live in their mom's basement, according to Jade Cargill. We'll get to her in a minute. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I uh, I'm not sure if they were already com- completed that collection before the um, before the uh, you know controversy took place, mm-hmm. um, and they were already you know put out and whatever, but. The fact that they were still released in in lieu of what's going on, uh, that's quite interesting. Yep. Um, so before we move on, I think we're going to take a break because the next uh, the next piece of business is going to be a very spicy one. So stay tuned. All right, we'll be back shortly. All right, we are back, Ben. Now. I, I've had a chance to take a deep breath. I had a strategically placed 
uh, break, even though you guys didn't hear any breaks. Yes, I, I told Ben, Ben, put the bottles down. We don't need to wreck the, the room. Just relax, take a deep breath. Now, now before I get into this, I am going. I am going to state that I do have uh, a tiny bit of a, a personal stake uh, in this um, in this story that um, that makes that makes it piss me off a little bit a little bit more than perhaps the average person. And actually, I'm I'm glad I'm glad go on because I didn't quite understand. Uh... That well, what you were talking about, but keep going. And so, um, you know, I got, I, I almost got emotional, and I had to pull myself back as I was recounting it last night. Uh, but pretty much, uh, in case you you didn't hear about this, um, this match was announced on Twitter uh, several days um, before uh, Dynamite. And um, a very popular um, podcaster, actually, I think the number one in the community, um, because I'm a, I've been I'm a gigantic fan of his, so I watch his show all the time. He doesn't know me. I don't know him. You know, I'm not saying this for clout. I'm just saying it because I believe it's the right thing to do. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I have nothing to gain from this. I don't want anything. I'm just, I'm just saying. So, um, so yeah, they were they had advertised this match to take place um, from uh, at the at this dynamite. So they put a graphic up with Jade Cargill versus Marina Shafir for di- for dynamite, and JD from NY. Uh, 206, who has the number one podcast uh, in the IWC on YouTube um, called Off the Script. He simply posted a reaction, his opinion on the match. Uh, oh, please, God, no. That was it. What's wrong with that? Well, I'm going to. I'm gonna get into that. No, I'm saying that a lot. What's wrong with that? He was just giving his uh, thoughts on uh, what he thought about that. Right. So, so, <clears throat> so because because JD is the number one pod podcaster and has kind of um, you know talked about AEW a lot on his show since the company's inception um the 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 women's locker room kind of took aim at him and immediately just ambushed him just you know and was like you know you're you're all these things you're sexist you're homophobic you're you're you know, leave me alone. All all these different things, and I I could go and pull up the screenshots, but I'm not going to um, to justify them. But but uh, several of the women had a lot to say about JD, um, and some of it was um, based on uh, you know 
misunderstanding from the past or what, whatever the hell it might be. But um, the, the, bottom, the bottom line is um, if you actually listen to what he has had to say about the women's division in the past, which I have because I listen to his streams a lot, particularly the AEW ones, he doesn't say anything particularly negative about the AEW women's division. He just wants it to improve and give suggestions on how to improve. And two of the people that he talks about is Jade Cargill and Marina Shafir. Because let's be honest, Jade Cargill and Marina Shafir, you know, when they start, we're not particularly that good. Nope. Now, now, Jade Cargill has improved by leaps and bounds as, as uh, well, I won't say by leaps and bounds, but considerably um, since her, her debut, and, and we have talked about that ourselves on this show. Um, and I've stated that she has a lot going for her in the positive direction. She just needs to continue to improve in the range and I believe she'll be good. Uh, And then, um, you know, and then we, we all know how, how bad Marina Shafir is. I mean, she just is now to her credit. She didn't say anything to add to this shit storm online, but so I, I did gain respect for her in that department, but everybody else had something to say about it. And, um, you know, I just, I just, I found it incredibly unfair um, t- for him to get attacked like that because um, because a lot of what was said, and I'll, I'm going to get into the specifics, um, could, could apply not just to him, but to a lot of fans in general who watch professional wrestling. So I think they took it out on him because he's the number one guy and and saw him as a scapegoat. Um, and, and you know, if, if, if they really are focusing on him, uh, then that indicates a problem in the locker room because they need to focus on their own shit and not what someone on the internet is saying. Okay. I mean, what the fuck is that? Um, but, um, but specifically, um, Jay Car- when Jay Cargill caught wind of 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 JD's original tweet, uh, she said, "I can hear you all the way from your mother's basement. Calm down, Mark. You know, you uh, you, you know, you you don't uh, you, you don't work out. You know, you, you can't do a pull up. You're you know, you're you're you know, out of shape. Blah blah blah. Whatever." So, um, and, uh, and specifically, I take offense to a lot of that because a lot of what she said could apply to me, uh, and you specifically in a lot of different, in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to break this down a, a little bit for you so you can understand why I got a little bit heated. Uh, last night when we talked about it with with uh, Tony Clay and um, 
and uh yes um so the first thing she said was you living in your mother's basement which i guarantee which i guarantee you was a blanket attack against a lot of people um you know who who talk about professional wrestling uh you know if if they have a negative opinion of whatever they're talking about mm-hmm well, for instance, um, I I do live in my mother's house, uh, and and if you don't mind me saying, so do you, uh, because we have uh, the same physical disability, and and need a little bit of extra help. In your case, I think you more assist your parents, uh, but you know, but still. Uh, there's a lot of good uh, reason why we need help uh, and why we're here. Yep. And, and just because we happen to live uh, in our parents' houses doesn't mean we're we're still not kicking ass. So I think that is an incredibly, uh, an incredibly um, just asinine thing to say uh, as a blanket statement to attack your your fans because if you want to do research on me I can guarantee you I can do a pull up I can guarantee you I'm I'm in better shape than the than the majority of people um and I I'm not I'm not make, I'm not making fun of anybody but I'm I'm going directly after what Jay Cargill had to say because I was you know, I was a fan of, of Jade Cargill, quite frankly. I, I really was. Mm-hmm. I, I was pulling for her. I really wanted her um, to be successful and do all that. But if she's going to um, attack attack people like that uh, simply because they, they put out an opinion that someone doesn't like, then I no longer care about Jade Cargill. Because, because you know, you may be successful and on TV, but you're talking about, you know, you're you're talking about um, somebody who, um, who whose opinion has no bearing on on what you do for a living. But if he has he has every right to state his opinion just as much as you do, just because you don't like. Just because you don't like it doesn't give you the right to go out and personally, you know, try to slander this guy, and you know, do whatever do whatever you got to do. Um, and and I I got hot because I'm like, wait a minute, a lot of what she's saying is could apply to me, but she doesn't know me. She does. I mean, she doesn't know anybody, but yet she's saying that. Yep. Like, and my immediate reaction is, "Fuck you!" Mm-hmm. Like, why would I? Why would I give a shit about Jade Cargill? And then after all that, the match still sucked. Now I understand they didn't book it, but a- after all that shit talking about how I'm going to prove you wrong and this, that, and the other thing, you know, the match was one of the worst segments I've ever seen in my entire life. Yep, it was. I mean, good God. And then you wonder why people complain about when Jay Cargill comes out. All right. Jeez. I mean, you know, 
So, you know, Jade Cargill did not represent herself very well on that one. Um, did you have anything to say about this match? No, I, I, have, a, I have a question. What, <laughs> when did that Rose turn face? I I don't know. I, I... <laughs> because that's how she came off, and it was terrible too. I really hated the stupid commentary during the match. Well, how did Tony Khan allow this to be booked? I mean, you know, he had to have seen some of the controversy that was going on online. How did he allow this to take place? You know what? This guy doesn't care about his company. He acts like he cares. He doesn't care. If he did, he would he would stop doing the interviews and focus on fixing his company and making it better. You know, but he—he's certainly not doing himself any favors right now. He's not doing uh, anything right now. And and that doesn't—that doesn't mean that we wish harm on AEW. We want AEW to do well. You know, yeah. we we we've said a lot of positive things about AEW, but at the same time, when somebody says stuff like what Jay Cargill had to say, yeah, you know, how do you expect people like us? That's terrible, and I'm not sure to react she, that way. Sure, she lost a lot of fans. Well, she and and she certainly lost my respect as well. You know, it, it was just like, okay, I no longer give a fuck about you because I was actually a supporter of you. I said a lot of positive things about you, and by the way, so did so did uh, so did um, JD. He said the same thing about Britt Baker. Um, you know, and it it was just, it's like, it's ridiculous. So I just, once again, um, I'm not saying this for any clout, but I, I was in, I was in, um, I was in on that whole, uh, you know, con- I was in on that whole uh, controversy and I, I was, I listened to, uh, you know, J- JD's take on that on two different uh, podcasts that he was on. And, and I, I just think it's the right thing to do to come out and say, wait a minute, that was complete bullshit, um, re- regardless of anything else. Um, so I just had to say that. Um, and then let's talk about um, the actual booking of, of some of this stuff. Because we, um, we had Mox and Moriarty uh, and then we had um, Brian Cage versus Samoa Joe for the ROH TV title. Brian Cage, who I, to my recollection, has never been in ROH. Um, well, he he was briefly part of oh. the uh, part of the. Uh, I think he was briefly part the of the uh, yeah. Yeah, but that's uh, that's uh, now this current ROH thing. Yeah, but but anyway, um, so we have we have that match that's on in the main event. Uh, mean, and meanwhile, you have the world champion John Moxley in the match. Um, and by the way, I disagree with that match too because I don't know why a world champion would would be wrestling in a championship contender like match with Lee Moriarty because 
Everybody knows Lee Moriarty is not beating John Moxley, but that's not. Apparently, well, do you, do you know that uh, they're having a championship championship eliminator tournament going on? Yeah, well, well, that's what that that's what this was. This, this no, was... Like, uh, so I was looking at some of the other uh, matches coming up. Yeah, but but John Moxley versus Lee Moriarty was part of that. And it's like, of course, but why would the world champion be a part of a championship eliminator tournament? Like, <laughs> right? Why the fuck? That doesn't make that... sense. That's like having the that's like the stupid number one contenders match they were having in WWE with the champion facing these uh, challenges uh, in a number one contenders match. <laughs> it, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> You know, like, uh, like if you want to run down the list, I have the the other matches that are yeah, coming up. Yeah, why not? Go ahead. So Wednesday from Boston, Massachusetts, we have the acclaimed and FTR versus Swerve Our Glory and the Gun Club. The Eliminator Tournament. We have Eddie Kingston versus Ethan Page. And then on the following uh, Rampage that week. Roosh and Bandito, Roosh versus Bandito with the winner facing the winner of Kingston versus Ethan Page. Roosh versus Bandito should be good, but why is Rampage turning into ROH? And then fucking uh, Lance Archer versus Ricky Starks in, in another Lemayor tournament. When's the, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sure. See, that pisses me off. Yeah. Because. Why the fuck hasn't Ricky Starks of all people been on Dynamite? And and I know I, I know for a fact that Lance Archer has been over on NJPW in Japan. So right. so when's the last time he was even on uh Dynam- uh on AEW programming? Um why, so then why the hell are we having ROH competitors on AEW programming with Dynamite? Um, and why are we turning into, uh, why are we turning Rampage, which should be, um, you know, which should be focused on AEW because it's an AEW branded show. You know, why is, why is this the case? Now, I understand, now before people, uh, you know, React. I want you to understand. Like I, I understand why they're doing it because Tony Khan purchased Ring of Honor and they don't have a TV deal yet. I get that, but you're you're damaging your AEW product when you don't have talent from AEW on your show because you're giving it to Ring of Honor competitors. Uh, I have I have a, one more match to, before you go on. I was done. Go ahead. Uh, so the final, the final match on uh, Rampage: Dante Martin versus Brian Cage. The winners of Archer versus Starks and Martin versus Cage will meet in the semifinals. And, and okay, okay. Well, and I just thought of something. Okay, why the fuck? And I do mean why the fuck. <laughs> Is Mike Tyson appearing on Rampage? Oh, is it? Is it okay. Uh, yeah, why? What the hell? Or, or, I'm sorry, why did he appear on Rampage? Because I think he, he appeared on Rampage last night. Oh, okay. See, we weren't watching it. At least, uh, I don't think... I don't think we were watching it. 
Yeah, because we were do- we were doing a podcast. No, 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 be- no, no, because like uh, like I was said in the past, we have Rampage on uh, while we're recording on Friday nights. Right. So uh, yeah, I, was, I just don't know if we ever, that was the case last night, but uh, I heard about Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah. So. But um. Yeah, I I read a while back. I read an article about Tony Khan uh, that like saying. He had no plans when he purchased ROH. He didn't have any real plans. Well, then, well, then why do you buy it? Why do you purchase I, I, it? Seriously, I know. You know, I get it. No, I know why he bought it. Like, so WWE doesn't get it. But you know what? It would be better off in the hands of WWE because they would at least do something with it. And they would, they would uh, make it work with both comp- companies. Well, well, I have to disagree with you on that one. I I think if WWE bought it, it would just be a part of their tape library and and air on the net the network. So I mean, I get why Tony Khan bought it, but it's just it's, it's not a- work. It's not working because it's overshadowing the talent that should be featured on AEW, but is losing their spot to Ring of Honor guys. He just threw away money, but he, it's not his, so he doesn't care. Well, and and that's another that's another conversation entirely, <laughs> right? Jesus, uh, this show is that all you have? Yes, sir. Because that's all I have. This show was just a big failure for me. Absolutely. All right, so, so now we're gonna move into SmackDown, and you know what? I enjoyed SmackDown. Yes, yeah, SmackDown was my um, highest rated show of the week. I mean, I'm I'm used to like giving it to Rob. That's why I always go with Rob because I make play. But then yeah, after thinking it over, it's like I gotta give it to another one of the other shows uh, besides Raw every week. Yeah, and uh, this was just fun. But the high point that I have is the one with Sonny Deville and the LA Knight Ricochet. Even though I don't like roll up finishes, but the match still was fine. Yeah, and I I would give a high point to um Walter versus Rey Mysterio. Yep. Um uh I would give a high point to Usos versus Brawling Brutes, as well as the Usos in New Day segment. Um even though I don't want to see Usos ver- versus the New Day again, I understand why it has to happen again, and quite frankly, they are capable of having a great match, as we've seen 587 fucking times. However, all due respect to both teams, that matches are badass. Um, I will disagree with you in in one area. Um, I I gave a low point to Liv Morgan versus Sonya Deville. Okay. uh, um, Because... I felt that it was pretty much the same match as last week with the same layout because Liv Morgan got her ass beat for the majority of both matches, um, but only to come out on top at the very end. Um, and, you know, and, you know, smile the whole time she's getting her ass kicked and continue to tease that she's part of Bray Wyatt. Um, you know, it, at this point, if, if it's not Bray Wyatt, you know, and and her joining him, then I don't know what the fuck is going on with with um with Liv Morgan because holy crap. Okay. But um yeah, that's that's all I had. 
All right, so I'm just uh, looking something up here. Okay, Ben. Yeah. Okay, for for low, my low points, I have two. First of all, Natalia versus Shayna Baszler. By the way, Natalia got they showed the camera did a close up on uh, her when she got hit in the nose. Yeah, that was brutal. But uh, my other high point, the Braun Strowman segment. Now, what I, I was saying, I was looking something up. They have the <clears> identity <throat> of uh, the five guys. Oh, God. Uh, Go I, ahead. I'm not even doing any spotlight because this is just terrible. But we have Iceman, Moses, Moses the Deliverer, Luke Curtis, Dustin Jackman and Raheem Dela Suede. Moses the Deliverer. <laughs> okay. Now, that's one, that's one way at, of putting it. I'm looking at the tweets, and uh, the, these are local competitors which uh, that have appeared earlier in the year on AEW. Specifically, Luke Curtis. So the guy with the tattoo on his chest, which whatever. Okay. I mean, uh, that's the best way uh, I can describe him. But uh, yeah, he's the only one here that appeared on AEW earlier in this year. Okay. But that's the identity of the five guys. <laughs> Not oh, that anyone cares. I certainly don't. I don't care about anything related to. Uh... Omas, I, I really don't. Right, right. All right, so is that all you have for SmackDown? Yeah. All right, that is all I have. Uh, now we're going to move on to our retro review. And because we're in November and we are on the road to the Survivor Series, we are going to begin our retro Survivor Series review, starting with Survivor Series 94. Cool. Um, yeah, and I actually, I watched this early, uh, this afternoon. And let me just, while you're going on, let me just pull up the, the results here. Go ahead. And, um, the, the first match was the best match because it was so, um, storyline driven. Sorry, before you go on, I, I have the matches. There was one dark match uh, prior to the event, and uh, that was Bob Holly defeating Quang. A.K.A. Sabio Vega. Yes. All right, now we're going to open the show in the Sorceries from what took place at the Freeman Coliseum in San Antonio, Texas on November 23rd, 1994. Here we go with the first match. The Teamsters against the bad guys. Ben. So, this was, like I said, this was very storyline driven with uh, the um, the breakup between Shawn Michaels and Diesel. Yep. Um, because uh, no one was eliminated um for the first like th- thirteen minutes, and then and then Nash came in and just went on a rampage and eliminated um Fatu with a jackknife 
Ratatouille, aka Diesel. Then he he. Sorry, would you say? Sorry, would you say Fatu? I'm, I'm sorry, Fatu, aka Rikishi. <laughs> I was um, like, what the hell? What did Diesel change his appearance? Um, and then very quickly thereafter, um, the one two three kid, aka Sean Waltman, received the same jackknife treatment. Yep. Uh, and as was um the other member of. Uh, the uh, bad the guys. Oh, uh, the, the small smart team. Yeah, but I'm I'm not sure why he why he's known as Cioni here. I'm not. Cioni, Cioni. Do you know who that is? No. That is the barbarian. Remember the powers of pain, warlord and barbarian. Oh, okay. So that was uh, they renamed him Cioni. They put him with Fatu. I've actually, I have, I have actually done a spot with the barbarian. I, I may have not be paying attention, but I've actually, I did a spot with the barbarian at one of the shows that I've uh, been associated with. And side note, I told you to watch that movie, Body Slam. He is also in that movie. Um, the I one still with Body Piper. Yeah, I still I'm, I'm just letting you know. I still haven't watched that one yet because I've been so uh, inundated with wrestling to watch. Yeah. Um, but um, but so I liked um, I liked the focus on Diesel. Yep. And and then I didn't really like the British Bulldog nomination because it was by Countout. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, because. Um, because the, uh, I, I don't know the, um, sorry, the what, what don't you know? Because they just left the Teamsters, like, they just left, like, like, Razor Ramon in the ring when he was, like, all by himself, and, like, the team, the team just disintegrated. And and that's what gave it the the count out win, right? Because because um because everybody had been eliminated with the exception of 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 Razor, and it was like a a five on one or four on one uh, situation. And okay. I'm just and I'm like, well, what what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Um, because. The match was so good with with the storytelling and Diesel, you know, it, getting increasingly pissed with every spot where Shawn Michaels called him in to help. And then he did, you know, one, he did it one too many times when he finally called for, for the tag after calling for a fake tag and moving his hand. But then when he finally did tag in, as as Diesel was climbing over the rope, he called him back in to set something up, and then accidentally kicked him in the face with the speech and music, and that had happened for the third time. Uh, and then um, you know, Diesel was up on one knee, and you could kind of see him shaking, and then he flips his hair back. His hair was rather like Doria's back in 1994. I just have to say, um, say I, I I said Kevin Nash's hair was rather luxurious back in the day, uh, but, but but that's neither here nor there. But once he flipped his hair back, you know, you you could see that 
the um, the rage and the eventual uh, split that was going to take yep. place, and um, and at and after that, you know, they, the the whole team was trying to hold Nash back, but he chased um, he chased Michaels all the way to the back, and it was funny because Owen Owen Hart was calling to him like. If you don't get back to the ring, we're gonna lose. <laughs> and, and then, um, of course, of course, that's exactly what happened because Scott Hall was the uh, was the lone survivor because everybody got counted out. Yep. And, then, and then after after the match, uh, Todd Pentengill catches up with um, with. Uh, Michael's in the bag, and I was like, "What are you? What are you doing?" And and he was he was like, "Well, I made that guy, and you know, I I created him. Like he's not, he's ungrateful. He's this. He's that. And you know, and then he took off in the car. Yep. And you know, just in just in time. And and then you know, then then this was weird, like because. Cause then a little bit later they showed Diesel on the phone, and just and I would assume he was on one of the hotlines. Yes, one nine hundred four WWF. And um, fans asking your parents' permission. Yeah. <laughs> yes, if you were six back in nineteen ninety four, um, like I would have been. Well, like I was, but anyway, um. But it was kind of like he was like shaking with rage while he's on this hotline, and it was just like Brutal Monsoon's like commentating. Like you can see how hot Diesel is. Well, why isn't he chasing after Tom Michaels in another car? But chatting on the fucking hotline. Like, what the fuck? Um, but okay. So you know, very good match, but a very like you know, a very stupid ending. Which, um, and then, okay. Oh, okay. Well, hold on. Before before we do that, uh, we have uh, four minutes before we go into commercial. Okay. Well, okay. Because I I need a break before our death tank match. So that that's very well. We'll be right back, folks. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. I needed to take a breath because I cannot believe I, I needed to go over this match. I, I even I even texted Elio when the introductory package for the for the pay-per-view was taking place because all the Survivor Series teams were holding uh, strategic meetings. And 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 what do I see? But a but a team of of midgets, so it's gonna be it's gonna be Jerry Lawler versus Doink and eight midgets. Well, now, 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 understand. I under I understand that nowadays midgets is offensive, but I'm I'm just saying uh, I, I'm using the term midgets because Jerry Lawler was was very um very uh, defamatory. He's like I hate. You know, I hate little people. I, you know, I hate this. I, you know, whatever. So, but this match was just absolutely fucking embarrassing. Let me, let me describe to you 
how embarrassing this match was. So on, well, you're, you're going to go through the names of the of the participants. Well, that, that's where I'm starting. Well, I'm, I'm I didn't forget that. That's where I'm starting. Okay. So it, it's the royal family versus clowns are us. I shit you not. <laughs> Jesus, I shit you not, ladies and gentlemen. The royal family versus clowns are us. Uh, now on the royal family, we have. Jerry Lawler, Sleazy, <laughs> Queasy, and Cheesy. <laughs> what? what? Once once again, if my mother walks in and hears the Sorry, Mom. And then Your mom must be so proud. Exactly. And then <laughs> and then, and then the, the clowns are us consisted Doink the Clown, Dink the Clown, Pink and Wink. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Now, now let me let me explain to you, folks, the just the stupidity of this situation. As if the names of the participants wasn't enough to to give you a preview of how asinine this was going to be. Um. So, so of course, Lawler was was the 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 heel and doink was the face and and on we go so the the rules were that Waller and doink had to face each other where all the, where all the midges had had play with all the other midgets and i i'm you like i said i'm using i'm using the term midget because that's how it was described in this match because jerry Waller hates little people yeah and you have to understand this back in 1994 so these are how heels work. So anyway, um, so they did um, they did a spot where um, to start where they had Doink on the, where Doink had Lawler on the ground and Law, and Lawler's three teammates all run over him. But then then they they did the same again where they ran in the opposite direction and ran over Lawler. So then Lawler gets pissed, like, what the f- are you doing? That's not what we went over. And he goes over and berates all of the little midgets, you know. Um, you know, and, and it's just, I'm like, oh, God, how long is this bullshit going to go? You want to know how long he went? 16 minutes. I'm like, this is, this is <laughs> This is entirely too long for this for this bullshit. By the way, sorry, uh, the first match went twenty one minutes. Well, well, like I like I said, the the, the story of it was very good. The ending yeah. was not so much. But uh, yeah, this one sixteen oh five on this match. <laughs> yeah. So so Doink gets in the ring with Waller. And then the all the the clowns with Doink do some comedy spots, and they they get they give Doink a uh, a mid a, a Burger King crown to put on uh, Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler doesn't realize that he has the Burger King crown on. He, t- he finally realizes it, takes it off, and says, "That does it." More Burger King chants reign throughout this arena. Uh, 
And then, so doing, doing this was this was hilarious. So then they wanted to play a game of chicken in the middle of a wrestling match. <laughs> so then Doing puts one of the one of the uh, one of the little. Okay, I just wanted to make sure which one. So Doink put Dink on his shoulders, and so so Lawler acted like he was gonna put um like he was gonna put Queasy on on his shoulders to m- match up, and they were gonna play chicken. Either that, or they were gonna try to you know um do a very very poor imitation of of you know um some very famous finishing maneuvers. But it turned out that they were going to try to play chicken. Um, so, uh, so instead of, uh, instead of Waller picking the little guy up, Waller goes, no, 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 and, and makes the little guy try to pick him up. Oh, my God, I remember <laughs> Well, the little guy actually manages to pick him up for a minute, but then can't hold them up. Like, are you like, are you kidding me? The, like, this whole thing is just absolutely terrible. <laughs> you know, the, the it's just and then and then and then Lawler eventually gets up and says, you know, do the feet spot, do the feet spot. So they all, you know, do they all get positioned on the ropes and you know put their feet up as if you know uh Lawler's gonna run uh um doink into into their feet um you know but doink reverses it and and Lawler hits everybody and the hilarity just ensues well at least this is supposed to be funny you know and then there's there's six little people you know, fighting on the apron. There's a flying crossbody block on the middle ropes. Lawler rolled through and hooked the tights for a cover. And he goes, the unthinkable has happened. Me- meanwhile, meanwhile, you know, all the the little people were doing all the work to get to get the victory on on Lawler's team. And Lawler is acting like he's directing traffic and he's getting the victory. So then when when uh, the royal family actually wins. All the all the little people are like really happy, and then Jerry gets pissed off, demands the microphone from Howard Finkel, and he goes, "What are you idiots so happy about? I won the match. I did this. You didn't get get out of my ring." Oh. Or, or no, like I'm sorry. First he says, "Put your hands down and get over here and kiss my feet." And then, and then as they go over and do that, they're like, "Never mind." Get he's like, "Never mind. Get the hell out of my ring." Then that's gonna play into the future when we get into nineteen ninety five. You're gonna be like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> well, do we have to continue with with this shit? Oh my, you know, this is just pitiful. I mean, oh my god. No, I'm talking about Jerry Lawler specifically. When we get into 95, we're going to be like, oh my god. <laughs> oh, uh, well, I can't wait. Oh my god. <laughs> this is just absolutely embarrassing. Um, 
you know, and and then uh, and, and then um, you know, thank God the the ma- the match was finally over, and 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 Vince was Vince and Grillo like mortified, and and off we go into the next match. Now, now I had I had texted you about this one because. I was confused. This next one, the submission match for the WWE Championship with Bret Hart, uh, who was accompanied by British Bulldog, with Bob Backlund, who was accompanied by Owen Hart. Yeah. Of course, of course, this was in the middle of the feud, Hart versus Hart for the WWE title. Um, and um, they had they had. Several of the hearts at ringside, including including Stu and Helen Hart. Um, and or, originally I was confused, but then you explained to me that if, if they slowed this down to make it like a seventies slash eighties style match, and and that's yeah, exactly. that was, that, yeah, that's who that that was brought back when style because he's from that era of wrestling. Yeah, and even even the the reviewer who I'm um, I'm working with to run this down, he said the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And and so so the explanation that was given on the positive side was that, um, you know, they were really working toward the stipulation uh, of the submission match and going for a lot of submissions, and and that was that, and that was really. Good, and then the, the match picked up at the end, blah blah blah, right? But um, but I have to I have to disagree because this match was so incredibly brutally slow. Um, you know, especially especially for a talent the caliber of a Bret Hart. Uh, you know, and it's just it wasn't working. And I would have expected something a lot better. And, but my biggest problem is that, you know, the match itself goes long, but then the segment af- after the match where Owen Hart is, well, well the segment that, en- I should say, the segment that ends the match, which is Owen Hart trying to convince his parents to throw in the towel after he was the one that, that knocked out uh, the British Bulldog in the first place. And then, you know, Helen goes to throw the talon, but Stu stops her. And then eventually, um, after what felt like an agonizing 15 fucking minutes, um, then then Helen grabs the, the towel back and throws it in. And then, and then um, Owen takes off toward the back and acts all victorious and then you know Todd Pentengill uh, catches up with him and says this smells like a setup and Owen goes you're damn right this is a setup I got exactly what I wanted this is the best Thanksgiving ever you know uh, Brett's not the WWE champion and I did it (laughs) now Ben yeah the the first match on this pay-per-view ties into this match yeah, it does. Because, uh, so Bob Backlund is your new champion. Right. And 
This took place on November 23rd, 20, and then uh, three days later, November 26th, Diesel defeated Bob Backlund in 44 seconds to become the new champion. Well, then that was a waste of 35-plus minutes. Jesus <laughs> so that, that's what I'm saying, that the first match ties into this one, because Diesel beat him in 44 seconds to become the new champion. Well... I guess that makes sense. So, I mean, I guess they wanted to give him one last uh, championship uh, before, because after 94, we we never heard from Bob Blackland again until years later. Yeah. So, I think this was just their way of giving him one last uh, championship, even if it was short-lived. All right. Well, you know, it's just, the the storytelling was cool, but all the stuff in the middle of it was just, it dragged so long. Holy now ben, shit. ben, speaking of long match, okay, I just for trivia, I've got wrestling data open in front of me, right? You would you okay, the longest and I have a list of the longest matches. And the one I have listed here is November sixth, two thousand ten at Shelby County Fairgrounds in Sydney, Ohio. It was ten lots defeating the American kickboxer number two in an ultimate Iron Man, Iron Man match that lasted twelve hours. Oh my god. Twelve hours. Oh like and they, they have this uh, set up uh, this is like they have this set up by categories. Like I haven't selected on all categories and promotions, but you can look at like different parts, like the longest match in Australia, longest one in Canada, the longest in Europe, the longest in Japan, and cool. they even they even have like a longest MMA bout. Oh man, they got it all! Twelve hours, holy shit! They even have an MMA event. What do you do for twelve hours? I'm not. I'm not, I'm not sure what the longest in old school is, though. That one might be curious to see. I'm sure our resident statistician, the professor Elio Canella, can find it. I'm sure I could, if this would cooperate, though. But I yep. think uh, we're gonna do that often, and then we'll bring it to you next week because. Otherwise, we're going to be here for for another three hours. <laughs> yeah, we don't really want that. No, we don't. So, um, okay, on to move on to the next match. We had the Million Dollar Team versus Guts and Glory. And I have to ask why this took place, because this, this was a continuation of what we saw um, at, uh, I believe, SummerSlam, where Tatanka did the double cross. Well, so let me give you a brief rundown, because I know what you're talking about. So, on a most recent episode of Monday Night Raw that I just uh, watched, Ben Ben Bigelow was in the ring. He had, like, an open challenge for anyone to uh, come out and face him, okay? Yeah. Out came Adam Bomb. Like, and uh, everyone thought, oh, Adam Bomb is going to join the corporation and he's going to take DBS's <laughs> money. He's going to be the newest member. 
But now he was out there to challenge Bam Bam Bigelow to take his challenge, open challenge. So uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, the way I, the way I had, the way I've always looked at it is, I put that I take the teams and whoever's feeling with who is how I make sense of everything. So on this one, Bam Bam Bigelow was feeling with um, thing atom bomb, the heavenly bodies and the smoking guns. Now, King Kong Bundy and Mabel, and of course, it's all getting back clear, which is like from SummerSlam. But that one, that one uh, ended at this show. Yeah, so, so the, um, the final ending was Lex Luger being eliminated by King Kong Bundy. So the final survivors were King Kong Bundy and Bam Bam Bigelow. And, you know, this match was just holy crap. <laughs> you know, but, you know, when you, when you have... Uh, Look, keep, you know, keep talking and all the excitement. I, I didn't even pull up Wrestling Dela to see the ratings for these matches. So keep talking while I pull that up. I think I think when you have um, participants such as uh, King Kong Bundy and Tatanka and um, and Mabel, you know you're not going to get a, a very uh, compelling match because let's fa- let's face it, it's not it's. They're they're not going to be very um, captivating uh, with their offense. All right, Ben. Before you go on, I'm going to give you the ratings for all the matches we covered so far. Yeah. So the Quang versus Bob Holly match got three out of five. And, and uh, yet it was on the pre-show, but it was probably the best thing we've seen. The first match, the bad guys versus the Teamsters. What do you give that match? Uh, three. And uh, 64% give it a four. Oh, God. <laughs> now, the clowns are us versus the royal family. What do you give it? One. <laughs> and 50% agree with you. Only 50? That's a shockingly low percentage. <laughs> well, because 25% gave it zero. <laughs> I stand corrected. Okay, Bret Hart and Bob Backlund. The one we just uh, we just uh, finished. I'll I'll say a three out of respect for Bret Hart and Bob Backlund. Okay, forty five percent give it a four star. Bullshit! Absolute, absolute, complete bullshit. Now, what do you give uh, this match that we're on right now? I, 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 like I said, I would give it a three out of respect, but Jesus no, 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 this one, uh, the Guts and Glory and, uh, the, and, uh, the, uh, Million Dollar Team. One, it just, it didn't do anything for me. It was, it was just bullshit. It was boring. 40% gave it a two. <sighs> These people are awfully generous. Okay, uh, do you have anything else before you go on to the last, uh, last match? No, because and and you know I don't I don't mean to be so blasé, but like some some of these some of these Survivor Series matches were just not necessary. Like two two of these Survivor Series matches were like what the fuck? Let me tell you something. Survivor Series started going down after ninety 
one. Yeah, but I think ninety three's got to be the worst. The worst that I've ever seen. Yeah, ninety three was the worst, but like uh, ninety two is where they started having singles matches, and I wasn't understanding uh, because when I heard this, I'm like, why? I'm so used to the five on five teams. Yeah, so why are they changing it? So, um, so we're gonna move on to the next match. With the last one is the casket match, Undertaker and Yokozuna. And I pointed this out to you uh, off air that the first pay per view of the of '94 Royal Rumble had a casket match with Yokozuna winning, and the last uh, pay per view of '94 had a casket match with Undertaker winning. I mean, I mean. The, the the biggest positive I can take from it is is Walker Texas Rangers uh, Chuck Norris was was part part of it and and the only I know Chuck Norris was bigger than Walker Texas Ranger but that was that was like one of my favorite shows growing up so I really appreciated that um, you know and and it's important to note you know the 1994 casket match at the Royal Rumble mm-hmm. even though the lead up uh, promos with with Paul Bear and the Undertaker in the um, in the uh, funeral home were cool and the building the double Y double deep casket. Um, you know this the stipulation the and the ten people beating up the Undertaker was kind of it kind of took me out of it. Now I realized why it was done because Wait, the under. I told you the Royal Rumble one. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just okay. Oh, okay, yeah, explain, I'm explaining the background. All right, yeah. Well, so, so the reason why that was done, the, the ten on the ten on or the ten on twelve, the ten or twelve on one assault on the Undertaker was to write him off TV because he had a legit back injury. So this was this was his return match. I'm not sure why he had another casket match, considering. Um, Considering how bad the first one was, but that, but storyline wise, it made sense because you'll recall that he was sent to the depths of hell by uh, Yokozuna. But I mean, this match was just, just completely dumb. I mean, fifteen minutes for this. I mean, good lord! <laughs> I mean, I I would have expected better for Undertaker in a casket match, and I know how agile and athletic Yokozuna was, but this was like. Told you, Undertaker wasn't the best worker. Well, b- back then maybe not, but Jesus Christ! I mean, <laughs> good lord! But yeah, I I think after this I, I I think after this they learned okay no more casket matches between Undertaker and Yokozuna because this one was just as bad as the previous one. <laughs> oh and, good lord! And if it was uh, that bad, how many uh, how much you, would you give this one? Uh, honestly, a one. A one. Well, I'm afraid that. Um, 45% will disagree with you because they gave this match a four. What the fuck are, are they smoking? Oh my god. <laughs> they, must, they must be on the same drugs Tony Khan was on tonight that he announced the acquisition of Ring of Honor. 
<laughs> Good God. I just signed a deal. Okay. So is, is that all we have for Survivor Series 94? Yeah. All right. Overall, what do you give this pay-per-view out of five? Oh, uh, one, oh, like a, I swear, it's like a one, uh, like a, I'll give it a two just because of the, of the, of the first match, but good God. Okay, okay, let me break this down here. Zero percent gave it zero. Three percent gave it a one. Eighteen percent gave it a two. Oh my God, these people are jackasses. Forty-one percent gave it a three. Okay, these people are uh, are high on crash. <laughs> oh my! No, no, this paper you was not a three star. Again, this was was Survivor Series ninety three was really bad. This was second bad. I okay. this was terrible. Oh this my! Was absolutely God. fucking awful. And see, I don't even remember this. I remember parts of it because I wasn't even really watching wrestling at this time. I was like on and off with it because this was a bad right. time. This was a bad time. They were just starting to climb out of the dark hole they were in. Yeah. Okay. Well, I uh, I can understand that um, 94 through 96 was not a good time for uh well, I should say 93 through 95 is not good. So, Ben, um, on next week's episode, should we uh, do Survivor Series 95? Well, before I commit to that, let me check the card. Because 1995 WWE, I've heard horror stories. So I have to check the card. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's uh, check the card. Let me pull that up on my end as well. Ninety-five. Ninety-five. This was called Teams of Federation Superstars Battle Out. Who's fit to survive? Oh, that's a captivating tagline. Okay, um, this, the Smoking Guns defeated the Public Enemy. The Body Donnas defeated the Underdogs. Oh, look, it's our friend Barry Horowitz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he is featured in our fantasy matchup for the week. Uh, I'm wrestling POV, folks. And then, and then Bursa Faye, Aja Kong, Tomiko Wannabe, and Lioness Asuka with Harvey Whippleman defeated the Lunge of Blaze, Kyoka and Inoki, or Inoki. Sakiha Segawa and Shaparita Asari. The fact that you can pronounce these names <laughs> is, is fucking amazing. It's it's, it's all inspiring, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> um, oh my god, that's a crime. Gold Dust defeated Bam Bam Bigelow. I might have to avoid this show just because of that. Fuck. Um, the Dark Side, The Undertaker. Savio Vega, Fatu, and the Godwins. Oh, so the Bone Streak crew, not the dark side, uh, defeated the Royals. King Mabel, Jerry Lawler, Isaac Yankum, a.k.a. Kane. And Hunter herself. Oh, my God. The, okay, can we just call him the Bone Streak crew, please? 
For fuck, for fuck's sake. Oh, my good friend, Sir Mo, is there. Oh, oh well, shout out to him. Uh, Shawn Michaels, Ahmed Johnson, the British Bulldog, and Psycho Sid defeated Yokozuna, Owen Hart, Razor Ramon, and, and Dean Douglas, a.k.a. Shane Douglas. Um, um, that I'm, pisses I'm, me I'm, off. Sorry, oh, yeah. That result pisses me off a little bit. And Bret Hart defeats Diesel. This is where Diesel turns heel on Bret Hart. Well, didn't he already? Okay. No, okay, he want, don't. No. no, he started '95 as a face. Okay. Uh, otherwise, we can just uh, move on to '96. That was, I think, Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin. All right, let's let's look at that because that was that was a pretty. Oh, and that was The Rock's debut. <laughs> yeah, and and since we discussed The Rock on uh, last night's show over at WPOV, that might work. Let me look. Yeah, that's Rocky Maivia's uh, debut. Jake Roberts, Mark Merrill, Rocky Maivia, and the Stalker Barry Windham. The Stalker Barry Windham. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. <laughs> Survivor Series 96. Six. Okay. okay, there we go. We covered 95 already. Right there. Perfect. Quick and quick and simple out of the way. Alright, let's see. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, I think we can we can cover this. Oh, it took place on my dad's birthday. Yeah, and this one, this one had Undertaker and Mankind. Oh, the British Bulldog, Owen Hart, and the New Rockers. Who were they? Uh, new Super. Rockers were Marty Jannetty and Al Snow. Oh, that sucks. Who the hell was Phil LaFon and Doug Furness? Okay. Oh, you don't remember them? No. Oh, okay. Uh, if you see them, you might remember them. It's hard to describe them. They're, they're more like a generic team. And I don't think they really had a name. Like a Very team name. Very good. Well, okay. So, in other words, they were jobbers. Maybe they should have been part of the right. uh, consideration for Damn. the poll. Why didn't I think of that? Very oh, uh, <laughs> Horowitz. Clay went with Brooklyn Brawler. Imagine, imagine if I picked Brooklyn Brawler. We'd have Brooklyn Brawler versus Brooklyn Brawler. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and then we have The Undertaker versus Mankind. Yep. Uh, Jerry the King Lord, Gold Dust, Hunter Helmsley, Mark Marrow, the, the match you just talked about. Yeah, let's do this one. I like this one. Yeah, so that's why. We, we, we already covered the 95 right there, quick and easy, out of the way. Yeah, I, I like 96 a lot more. All right, so um, we're going to wrap, come back to wrap this up because we've got five minutes before we uh, go into commercial. Okay, very good. All right, we're back, and Ben, we're going to play a game. What game is that? Guess the WWE champion by their hometown. Okay. All right, your first one up, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Uh, Bret Hart. Bret Hart. All right, next one up. San Antonio, Texas. Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. All right. Sarasota, Florida. 
Uh, Roman Reigns. No. Oh, oh, um, fuck, um, pass. Randy Savage. Okay. All right, your next one, Miami, Florida. The Rock. The Rock. All right, Greenwich, Connecticut. Triple H. Triple H. All right, and the next one, West Memphis, Arkansas. Um, pass. Psycho Sid. Uh, oh, okay. All right. Princeton, Minnesota. Princeton, Minnesota. Uh, Brock Lesnar. Nope. Bob Backlund. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, so that was, that's it for... Okay, we have one more on Battle Creek, Michigan. Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam. All right. So that, there we go. That's uh, W Champions by their hometown. Now, Ben, I'm putting you in a match. You know the deal. Two seconds, then you say stop. Yes, sir. Are you ready? Yep. Go. Stop. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Ben, your tag team partner is going to be Mustafa Ali. All right, I'll take that. And you're going to face Harlem Heat. I'm facing my favorite tag team of all time. Are you kidding me? Like, what the fuck? No. Oh, jeez. I don't know if you want to do two out of three. Uh, yeah, let's do that. All right, hold on. Let me pull this up again. Go now and go. Stop. Oh. <laughs> oh, Lord, what is it? Your tag team partner is going to be Seth Rollins. Okay, well, that's slightly better. And you're going to face Billy and Chuck. Okay, um, we're, we're, we're winning that match. <laughs> <laughs> Are you happy with that match? Yes, I am. All right. Jeez. I ha- I have to face Harlem Heat. No, no. <laughs> By default, nope. Uh, okay, hold on. Uh, we will be back shortly with the wrestling roulette. I'm going to pull my list up here. Okay. All right, Ben, are you ready? Yep. All right, so we are going to do wrestling roulette. And the way this works, I played 10 seconds of 21 Clips, my uh, co-host has to guess which wrestler that theme belongs to. And Ben, are you ready for your first theme? Yes, sir. And we're not starting off good because you are currently at zero. In fact, let me pull up my uh, 
my count, my tally counts. Yeah. Actually, oh. I'm, I'm just going to use my phone because I'm playing this from my iPad and I have my tally counter on my iPad. Okay. So I'll just do this from my phone. But everything is set at zero right now. Okay. So your first one. Here we go. I don't know. You are minus one because that is Tyrus. <clears throat> yeah, I, I wouldn't have known that. A.K.A. Brodus Clay, the guy who stiffed us and uh, backed out of our, the interview we're supposed to have with him. Thanks a lot. When was that? That was in 2014. We were going to interview Brodus Clay on uh, July 1st. <laughs> well, his law. All right, are you ready for your next one? Yep. You have to get out. You can't be at minus one. How do you start a game with minus one? I know. Uh, by the way, I should uh, explain to the fans. We have a uh, we have a rule where anytime an impact or AEW theme shows up in the rotation, it's minus one point or NXT <laughs> or Tommy Dreamer's theme that's not Men in the Box. Unless, unless I know the answer, which is very rare. However, I'm going to have to take King Corbin's uh, theme off that list because I was the same too and I like it. Okay. It's uh, I Bring the Darkness. It's just a different intro. Okay. All right, here we go. Track two. Couldn't really hear that very well, but I'll I'll say uh, the Vault Villains. No, that is an AEW theme. That is be a priestly. Ben, you're a minus two. Okay. Well, Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> when you say you couldn't hear it, you mean the volume? It was kind of hazy. Oh, because I have. Uh... All right, uh, because I have it uh, on my computer. I'm going to have it by my side. On next to the computer, it would have uh, been terrible. It wouldn't have been hearing it. Oh, okay. All right, here's your next one. That is Wolfgang's theme. Well, I wouldn't have known that either because I don't watch NXT UK. Uh, Rikishi? Rikishi! Alright, you're minus one. Slowly pulling your way out. Okay. That's four to four. That's uh, four tracks we already went through. All right. Track number five, you ready? Yep. Uh, 
god. What the hell? Uh, HBK. That was a terrible theme. Oh, god damn, that was hurt my ears. <laughs> Do you, I don't know if you remember that version. No, I don't remember that version. No. Oh my god, it was painful. Oh, that's on uh, WVE The Music Volume 2. And I wanted to get this. What the hell? Yeah, we clearly you weren't thinking straight. <laughs> All right. All right, here we go. Uh, track number... This is track number six, I believe. So on to track seven. Are you ready? Yeah. No, that is S.A. Rios. Okay. Okay, you are Owen. You are, okay, track eight. Here we go. I am not doing, I'm not doing. God, this is terrible. I'm not doing very good here, but I don't know. That is 2.0. Uh, oh my, well, of course I wouldn't know AEW themes. AEW themes suck. I hate 2.0, especially uh, Matt, whatever the hell his name Matt Martell, is that what his name is? Uh, Matt Menard. Matt Menard, the guy, yeah, the guy with the big eyes. I can't stand him. He's a Tony D'Angelo wannabe. All right, here we go. Yeah. Edge. Edge. You're back in zero. All right. Go to track ten. Are you ready? Wait a minute. I'm zero and nine. Yeah. God damn. Are you ready? Track ten. Fucking, fucking AEW impact, mother. Fucking piece of <laughs> shit. <laughs> that Ben tells how you really feel. Uh. Are you ready? Yeah. Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin. You are on the board with one. Cool. All right, track 11. Here we go. Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. On the board with two. All right, track number 12. Ron Breaker. Ron Breaker. That's uh, yeah, track 12. All right, track 13 coming up. I'm 
kick myself, but I don't know. Okay, that's Apollo Cruz's NXT theme. Apollo Cruz sucks. We should just we should just ban that one just because of his bleeding eye gimmick. Okay, at least you're not in the negatives. You're at two. So I'm at three. Why are you at three? What do you mean? Oh, oh yeah, because it's NXT. Okay. Yeah. All right, that was track thirteen. Track fourteen coming up. Here we go. Wait, that's not. What is that? I don't even know where that came from. That's weird. I'm gonna have to take that one out. All right. Is that one of Emma's old themes? No. Who was it? That is Io Shirai. Oh, Jesus. That one sucked. That was her NXT theme. But she's on the main roster, so I'm not taking the point. All right, track 15. Are you ready? Yep. Can you guess? <laughs> Angel, Angel Garza, Angel Garza, Humberto Carrillo, Los Lotharios. Los Lotharios. All right. That's 15. All right. Track 16 coming up. Here we go. Uh, Jim Duggan. Jim Duggan. All right, track 17. Uh, Colonel Mustafa? No, we always get this. You always say this ask, say the same answer. No. Oh, uh, right. Uh, Rack. Um, I don't know. Pass. The Truth Commission. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Apparently, uh, apparently Don Callis does. He was their manager. <laughs> oh, what a pity. Alright, track 18. Here we go. Tori Wilson. Tori Wilson. You are on you are up to five. Okay, track nineteen. Sammy Zane? No. That is Jungle Boy. So you're down to four. Okay, four. Oh huh? Jesus fucking you know, Christ. That's 18, right? I said. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think so. Wait, track 19 coming up. Uh, 
train. A train. You got your five back. All right. You go. Track 20. You have two more, Ben. No, we're not doing that. That's uh, NXT 2.0 theme. And I'm not even going to take uh, one off. No, that's a double or nothing, baby. I'm not doing that one either. All right. Okay, here we go. Psycho Sid. Psycho Sid and Ben. Yeah. What are we covering next week? And what was the main? What's the main event done to, on that show? Uh, Psycho Sid and uh... <laughs> right, Psycho Sid on the main event of Survivor Series '96, and it shows up on in Wrestling Roulette. So that's pretty cool. All right. Well, All right. I, reco- I recovered pretty well after starting out in the negatives. All right. Here we go. Last one. Are you ready? Yep. Oh my god. Vicky Guerrero. <laughs> Vicky Guerrero. Oh jeez. What the what what? Uh, can we get another one just because I don't want to end the show on that one? Hey. Okay, we'll, we'll do a bonus one. Are you ready? Yep. Jonathan Coachman. Jonathan Coachman. There we go. Eight and okay, that was uh yeah eight. No, no, that was nine. That was twenty one. Yeah, but I got nine. Yeah. Not eight. Yeah. So that was uh yeah nine and that was twenty one themes. Okay, you know what? I'm curious to see what would have been the next one. Cool. Are you ready? Yep. This isn't count, so you're still good. Um. Uh, I I don't know. That is a legacy. Oh, oh shit! I like that theme. Yeah. I can see that. All right. Uh, that is the show for the week, Ben. We'll see we bring the show to a close. Yes, absolutely. All right. That's it. Another edition of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast, episode 223, I believe you said. Yes. All right. See, it's been so long that we've since we recorded that I don't even remember what episode we're on. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> I'm Elio, he's Ben, we, we, we will be back next week with This Week in Wrestling and Survivor Series 1996 in our Retro Survivor Series review. Very so, good. Ben, say goodnight to the fans. Good, good night to the fans and thanks again for our biggest month of the year. We really appreciate it. Well, not biggest month of the year, but biggest month of all time. Elio, you got me messed up. You have me do the, do the outro when you're supposed to. Elio, you know the line. Hit the goddamn outro. <laughs>